Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to WTIC's Pet Talk. Today, Lori Fast takes your pet behavior questions. This is a show for you and your best friend. Call in now at 522-WTIC, 1-800-966-WTIC, or star WTIC from your cell phone if you have AT&T Wireless. And now, Pet Talk. Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Pet Talk. My name is Lori Fass, and I'm here today to talk to you about your pet's behavior. It is a call-in show, so you are more than welcome to call in with any questions or comments. And the numbers to call in are 860-522-WTIC or one 800 966 WTIC. And I always invite people to contact me off the air. But if you want to do that, uh, go to my website, LoriFastDogTraining.com, and you can get my email and my phone number. And uh, apparently there was someone who called into the show while I was on the air thinking that they could talk to me off the air. But if you want to talk to me off the air, that's good, but not while I'm on the air. So just to make sure that nobody's confused about that. Anyway, I wanted to bring up the topic today of the idea of dominance in your relationship with your pets. With Mostly people apply this to dogs, but it could apply to cats as well. Um, frequently people will ask me when they hear that I have four dogs, who is the alpha in your house? And I find that a little bit of a funny question. Uh, there's certainly things that are true about being dominant or being the alpha. And there's also probably a lot more misconceptions or overgeneralizations and in some cases just downright misinformation. And uh, as of late, when I hear somebody saying, who is the alpha, I don't know how many people out there like to watch the show The Walking Dead, but season 10 has the arch villainess as is known as alpha <laughs> and she basically rules through fear and insanity and she certainly represents every bad side of somebody trying to dominate and be alpha and then i think of uh where maybe having some authority and power in a situation might be good and if we're going to make references like that i i often think of um the lord of the flies because uh if you're familiar with that story um a bunch of young boys get stuck on an island 
and they're alone, and it quickly degenerates into some pretty awful uh, chaos, cruelty, and uh, bullying, which quickly goes away at the end. No spoiler alert here. Anyway, where uh, one of the... um, adults ends up on the island and everybody kind of straightens out. But uh, people have a tendency to come up with theories and formulas. And um, I know that there are many dog training methods that supposedly rely on the idea that if you are dominant, then everything else is going to fall into place. Well, I don't know how it would be possible that being dominant, if you want to even use that word, promotes any sort of clarity. It doesn't. If you are around someone who you are fearful of, who you would never cross in a million years, um, does that is that person dominant or is dominance more a matter of respect? I would like to think that cultivating respect is a worthwhile pursuit as opposed to just flat out dominance. But since when does being dominant promotes some sort of understanding? And the answer is it doesn't, okay? Now, there there might be certain types of behaviors that uh, might be eliminated if someone perhaps doesn't want to or an animal doesn't want to create a conflict and understands that it could create a conflict, but it is way too broad a brush to paint that being dominant is going to solve all your problems. And very often in these training methods, methodologies, where you're supposed to be promoting dominance, there's all sorts of what I would consider to be arbitrary rules um, that really don't make any sense at all. Uh, One of the ones that I frequently reference is that you should always walk out the door first. Well, when I'm coming home, I don't want to go inside first. I would prefer that my dogs go inside first and then I'm walking behind them. I know they're in. Uh, As far as going out first, I I would prefer that my dog not pull me out the door, but I have boundary training at my door, which means my dogs don't go out the door at all unless I say we're going out the door. So once I say, okay, here we go, we're going out the door, then I don't care if they're first. What difference does it make if they're first? It's kind of awkward for me to always go out first. And again, it's very arbitrary. Or the um, idea that you should always eat First, well, in the morning when I wake up, all of my animals are fed first. Then I can relax and sit down and have a nice quiet breakfast without a bunch of hungry animals. Now, I'm not saying that animals don't have a sense of time. I believe that they do. But in reality, when they're eating their food, they're eating their food. When I'm eating my food, I'm eating my food. They're not eating my food at all. So it's not like we've got a big pile of random food on the ground and I'm scurrying over there and making sure that I eat first just to make a point and then when I'm done eating what I want to eat then they can come and eat their fill afterwards that's no that's just ridiculous that's that isn't even a, a an analogy as far as I can see then people try to make some sort of an analogy between how wolves act and relate that to dogs Well, first of all, I think how many thousands of years of domestication is going to have a little bit of an effect on what your pet is acting like. Uh, So to say that a dog is a wolf, 
might as well be a human as a chimpanzee, really. I mean, uh, we do have 99.9% similar DNA as chimpanzees, and you probably could draw analogies between chimpanzee behavior and human behavior, but I don't know how useful that's going to be in the public school system. Uh, It might be an interesting mental exercise. But even when you, let's just even say that dogs and wolves do have similarities. I'm sure they do. Um, A lot of the things that are attributed to wolves is not even true. So the idea that in a wolf pack, you have the dominant dog or the dominant wolf in this case, and that one always eats first and follows a, a set of rules that indicate that it's dominant. They really don't. They're more like a cooperative family group. And uh, depending on if there's uh, cubs who will be fed first because they are the most needy, how much food is available, and a lot of other variables uh, is going to determine who is and isn't going to eat first. And uh, there really isn't this absolute structure even among wolves. So I find it interesting that people will... uh, make analogies of wolves where, number one, dogs are not wolves, and number two, some of these stories of how wolves are or are not uh, are just not even so. I, I recently read where somebody was saying that you shouldn't speak in a high-pitched voice to your dog because dominant wolves howl at a much deeper tone and more subordinate wolves howl at a more high-pitched tone. Now, I don't even know where that information came from. That sounds nuts to me. I mean, I I doubt that that's true. Uh, I would love to know where the source of that information is. But again, you know, people love to paint this broad picture of uh, that you must be dominant and being dominant is going to solve all your dog's insecurity problems. And if you are the pack leader, then everything else will just manifest magnificently in perfect order. And frankly, it does not work like that. It would be nice maybe if it did, but it doesn't. Um, And so it's kind of a a sort of irrelevant goal. Now, that having been said, I wouldn't want to lead you to believe that uh, you can just be a, a a doormat for your pet, and that's going to work out well for you either, because uh, there are certainly situations where you need to have some sort of authority. Your dog does need to trust you and believe that maybe you might know better. And I work with people all the time who have animals who just absolutely disregard what they say, uh, will bully them around horribly, uh, you know, even so far as to jump up on them while they're eating and take food from their plate while they are eating. Uh, That's really crossing some serious boundaries here. But uh, to say that we're going to try to solve that totally by being dominant, no, you're not. But if you have no authority at all, you can very easily be bullied. So you have a whole other group of people who think that there's no such thing as any sort of bullying behavior, and there's no such thing as uh, animals trying to be dominant. Well, there is. Uh, There certainly does exist, and some animals can be very, well, kind of jerks, for lack of a better way to say. Uh, And being dominant or being having more power, we'll say having more power and gaining respect uh, doesn't automatically make you a good or bad animal or human. And if you have power and you misuse it, 
then you're entering into jerk territory. And animals and people can do this. I have seen animals who absolutely will bully other animals and people, uh, and it's almost like a recreational hobby to them. And then I have seen other animals who obviously have power and obviously could draw the line don't have any issues of confidence, but they choose to be sweet and kind, and that's just the way they are. So one example is uh, my biggest dog is named Herman. <laughs> Herman weighs about, uh, oh, probably about 85 pounds, and he is a mix of many things, including some very big, powerful dogs, Rottweiler, Tibetan Mastiff. He has some St. Bernard in him. He also has a little Jack Russell Terrier thrown in there. And my youngest dog is a mini Australian shepherd, and uh, he just, he, he literally sits on Herman. He sits on his head like it's a stool, and Herman lets him do it. Uh, if Herman has a toy and my little pup, Arrow, wants it, um, Herman will play tug with him, and he'll let him take it. He'll let him take bones. He'll let him pretty much do what he wants. Uh, however, if he's had enough... He'll just stop. He'll growl. And uh, he has in the past let Arrow know where the line in the sand is. But if you were watching this interaction and you weren't really thinking about what was really going on, which is Herman is just a nice guy and he's willing to play with this puppy and let him take advantage of him to a degree, it might look to you as though Arrow is dominating Herman. And I can guarantee you that is not happening, okay? So, you know, people apply these same kind of rules to their interactions with their pets. And the fact of the matter is it's much more complicated than that. And thank goodness it is because trying to just arbitrarily be like that character from The Walking Dead Alpha just to make a point so you can control your pets uh, wouldn't be something that uh, I would want to try to aspire to, nor would I want to try to get anybody else to aspire to that. So we're going to go to a break and we will be right back. Pet Talk on WTIC. My name is Lori Fass, and I'm here today to talk to you about your pet's behavior. If you have a question, a problem, something you want to discuss, something you want to understand better, uh, hopefully, if you call in, I could help you with that. Uh, I do work with people privately. I also teach group classes, which I post on my website, which I mentioned earlier, uh, Lori Fast Dog Training. And I do have a class coming up in the town of Windsor. It's uh, sponsored by uh, the town of Windsor. And it begins a week from this Sunday. And if you want information, you can go to my website. And you don't have to be a resident of Windsor 
in order to sign up for that class. And a lot of people come from other towns to the group. Uh, and then I'll be teaching in West Hartford and also in Weathersfield in April. But my next group is in Windsor, and I would just have you look at my website. I've tried to announce all the different times, and I confuse myself sometimes. So anyway, it's just all written down there for you to look at. So we're going to go to Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Hey, I was going off of uh, Danielle Sattel, S-I-T-T-E-L, on Google. In her 1387 WordPress, it says, Oh, okay. All right. Uh, well, I couldn't really hear, hear that caller, so um, <laughs> so we're going to have to open the lines again. So we do have the lines open if you have a question and you want to call into the show. That's good at... 860-522-WTIC, again, 860-522-WTIC, or 1-800-966-WTIC. So if you have a question and you want me to try and help you figure out what to do, uh, so many times people call in and say they've tried everything, and everything is usually meaning that they're quite frustrated and they might have tried one or two things but there's a lot more than one or two things you could do and sometimes I describe uh, training as being like following a cooking recipe um, and when people say that they've done everything uh, they may have thrown some eggs in there but maybe they only used one egg and if you don't use two eggs it's not going to come out very well you might have put it in the oven that's good except if you only put it in the oven for 15 minutes and it says half an hour or maybe you put it in the oven for an hour and you should have taken it out quicker. Any one of those things is going to mess you up. And so uh, sometimes people are on the right track, but the way that they're presenting it, the amount of time they did, or for instance, the other day someone said that they were using um, as a means to get their dog to stop jumping the can with pennies. And during the course of the conversation, uh, I came to find out that they had put one penny in the can. And I said, well, I think maybe you might need more like 15, and I would retry it with more pennies. So they, they were using the can with a penny, but uh, I'm not saying that 15 pennies would work, but it's going to work a lot better than one penny. So anyway, let's see if I can help Mike. Hi, Mike. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. This is the first, I just I'm catching your show for the very first time, and um, I I think it's awesome. And I just we have um, a Yorkshire Terrier rescue. Okay. And we you know we're not 100 percent sure about the age. When we got her three years ago, they told us she was maybe five or six, but our vet seems to think she might be a little bit older. So let's just say she's around nine at this point. Okay. Um, she's we've always had Yorkies. I love Yorkies. I love the breed. But um, she's extraordinarily food-driven, more so than some of our past uh, Yorkies. And we've tried different things to break her from that. But she literally, uh, <laughs> she'll just follow you everywhere. I mean, she'll, we finally got her, uh, she was peeing in the house a lot. And we finally got that settled. And she gets a reward. But now she wants to go out all the time just so she can get a reward. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> of course. So the question I have for you is, Aside from doing the normal things, like not feeding her from the table, um, trying to remove her from the kitchen when we're cooking, do you have any suggestions as to how we okay. can try to, yeah. Well, let me understand what you're describing, what your problem is. It sounds sure. like what you're saying is that um, she is begging and annoying you when there's food involved. Is that 
basically. Constantly. That's okay. correct. All right. Yeah. So what we yeah. need to do is we need to teach her go. Now, um, do I have to go to a break? Oh, okay. So I may need to, you tell me if you want me to do this, I may need to put you on hold and uh, come back and explain to you um, how to teach go. But go basically means this. Your dog is right there staring at you, drooling, well, boy, you've got something good. And you say go, and they move away. So they can move out of the kitchen. They can move like five feet back. Uh, I have four dogs. If I'm eating, say, popcorn, I'll, okay, here you go. You can have a piece. Yep, yep, yep. Here you go. Okay, they're still staring at me. Then I say, that's enough. Go. And then they go away. How does yeah. that How does that we've, sound? Well, we've used go. We have used go does before. Does she abide by it? Well, I'll tell you what. She does with my girlfriend, but she doesn't necessarily Okay, well, how, how about I, this, Mike? Do you mind being on yeah. hold? And I will talk. No, not at all. Go okay, ahead. well, you're going to put go on hold. I'm going to be right back, and then I'm going to tell you how to make it happen, okay? Sounds good. Sounds all good. right, okay. We'll be right back. You, babe, ain't trying to come back to me. Welcome back to WTIC's Pet Talk. You're listening to Lori Fass on this Behavior Edition. If you have a question and you would like to call in, we have some lines open. We have Mike on hold. I'm going to go right back to him in a second after I share the numbers at 860-522-WTIC. So again, 860-522-WTIC or one 800 966-WTIC. And if you want to talk to me off the air, look at my website, LoriFassDogTraining.com. And let me go back to Mike and see if I can help him out. Hi, Mike. You still there? Hi there. Okay. I am. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how you are going to get your dog to understand go. Okay? Okay. So the first thing that you need to do is imagine a line in the sand where go is going to be. All right? So uh, if you're just sitting on the couch or you're at the table and you say go, you have to know in your mind where that go is going to be. All right? So if you don't don't have that boundary in your mind, then you're not going to be able to clearly represent it to your dog. Okay? Okay. Now, if you're in the kitchen and you want your dog out of the kitchen, you might even have a, a separate uh, word for getting out of the kitchen. Um, it, you know, it's up to you what you say. It can be, you know, get out of the kitchen or go away or something like that. But I usually have go mean just back up and give me some space. And I usually have go meaning maybe three, four feet. Uh, but okay. a lot of people use it to leave a room. Okay, so the first step is you understand where that line in the sand is. You got that? Yeah. Okay. now the second thing I want you to understand is the way you're going to teach this is you're going to do two things. One is a directional thing and the other is a correction. Okay, Okay. so what's going to happen is you're going to have some little piece of uh, clothesline rope or a light leash or something like that trailing on your dog. And you're going to say go, and you're just going to take the line and just physically move your dog away past the line that we just visualized. 
Okay. All right. Now, yep. since your dog probably doesn't know what you're talking about, <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> no, you're going right. to do that about three times. All right. Now, when okay. you do it, you want to uh, say it and then do it. In other words, you're going to say go and then you're going to do it. Don't do it and say go. Understood. Say it, go, make it happen. Then she'll come back. Oh, well, you've got food later for you and you're stupid. Go, <laughs> go, make her do it. Okay, there's two. Then go, okay. make her do it. That's three, right? Now she's yeah. coming back for time number four. Now there's a correction. Okay. Right, okay, so now what's the correction going to be? Well, the correction could be a number of things. So I'm going to give you some suggestions about what the correction could be. Uh, right. The correction could be a water bottle adjusted to a jet stream. And you give her a little okay. squirt, and you say, no. And that's the correction. Correction with the water, no. And then you do again. Go. So anytime she comes back after the first three, four, five, six, it's going to be no with a correction. And again, go. All right? Okay. Uh, another correction could be what I was referring to earlier as a can with some pennies in it. Uh, not just one penny. More like 15 pennies. <laughs> so yep. if you shake it, it makes a really loud noise. So yes, she hates loud noises. So that's oh, okay. That, okay. Yeah. So you could put a, uh, you know, about fifteen pennies in a metal can. I've seen people put it in plastic, but I don't think that works as well. So I don't think so either. Yeah. Yeah. So some kind of a soda can or something like that, and then you shake the can. No, with the can, and then again, go, move her away. Yep. Okay. Well, let me just let me ask you something real quick here. If, yeah. you, if you have another second, sure. with regard to the penny thing or anything that makes a loud noise, mm -hmm. you know, we're sensitive to the fact that. We don't know what her background is. You know, she's a rescue. We know mm -hmm. she was used as a breeder dog. And we know that on some level she was not kept in the greatest of conditions. Right. So uh, she obviously heard noises there. We don't want to scare her. We don't want to revert her back to, you know, reminding her of where she came okay, from. Okay, well, let me, let's talk a little bit about what she's scared of noise-wise. When is she scared yeah. of noises and what she's scared of? Well, she's scared of anything. Any So even if I were to clap, she, like flinches, you know, like that. Or if we were to, she would hear a loud noise, like uh, anything would drop on the floor, uh -huh. uh, or any of that stuff, anything. So if you were to shake a can of pennies, she would freak out. She, uh -huh. would, she would bark. But she would, well, she maybe would she'd be a one-can penny dog. Uh, all right, well, <laughs> so, so here's, here's a, um, a better question. When she does that, when she flinches, when she, you know something drops, she flinches, how soon after that does she snap out of it? Oh, pretty much immediately. Okay, she, okay. So yeah, then I wouldn't worry about it um, because yeah. you're not doing anything that's harming her. And right. uh, if you told me that she heard a noise and then hid for the rest of the afternoon, then I'd say, yeah, you know what? We better not go there. But if she hears a noise, she flinches a little bit and then snaps out of it. Uh, yeah. In this context, uh, particularly after you do it a couple of times, uh, the point of any correction in reality is that you don't have to do the correction. Right. So once Understood. she gets the idea that you bring her away three times and you say go, and if she comes back the fourth time, there's a noise, she's not crazy about it, um, then she'll say okay, and then presumably not do it. Now, you could have some sort of unintended consequence side effect in the opposite, which you never even thought of, which may or may not happen, which is that you inadvertently desensitize her to the noise. <laughs> and, then yeah, over, right. and then over time, she goes, oh, yeah, it's just a can with some pennies in it. I'm going to come. Yeah. The food is better, you stupid humans. So, <laughs> but the correction yeah. should be something startling, like, oh, yeah, yeah this no, is I no. Agree. 
No, I agree with that. And but she's crafty. This one, we set up a little camera in the kitchen because we wanted to know what she was doing when we weren't there. Yeah. And these little dogs are ratters, you know. So she <laughs> was going through the garbage and she was doing everything she could to get into the garbage can. It was really funny. Um, there was a treat inside the pocket of a coat that was hanging on a chair, and uh-huh. we didn't even know it was in there. And this dog, it was the funniest thing for wow. like ten minutes. Dragged this, got this, this little dog pulled this huge coat off there and dragged it all around the room trying to get the treat. I knew so, a, a beagle that uh, was able to open the refrigerator, and yeah. he ate everything. He opened the mayonnaise <laughs> jar. He cleaned that out. He ate all the eggs. They had to um, bolt like with a, a Velcro strap to keep him from in there. But since you brought the uh, the thing about ravenous appetite, I'm going to go off topic here and ask you a totally unrelated question and ask you what is your dog's uh, history as far as deworming is concerned? Um, well, I mean, she's been, well, that's a good question. I mean, we we've, we've have her at regular vet um, exams. She goes multiple times a year um, because she when, when we first got her, um, she had a stillborn in her, oh. and and they the person who was breeding her had overbred her uh-huh. to the point that so um, she was at the vet and then we, we adopted her from an organization. They had done all the deworming, they had done all that stuff, and we we take her a couple times a year for regular checkups. So everything's up to date as far as that. Well, you know, when you say that, uh, this has been my experience: is that uh, very often parasites are overlooked, including when you bring in stool samples that come back negative. I've had dogs that have come back with a negative stool sample check. They get dewormed, and within a couple of days, you're seeing worms popping out. You can visually see them. So. Oh, because she has this ravenous appetite situation here, I would probably, as a precautionary measure, uh, get a product called Panicure. Okay. And uh, you usually give it three days consecutive and then repeat it again in another couple of weeks. And uh, it might not do anything, but it might. And uh, Panicure is relatively mild as far as a dewormer is concerned. And, um, you know, if she did have any sort of parasites, that would certainly make her more hungry. And I have absolutely known of both dogs and cats who have acted ravenously hungry, sometimes eating weird objects even. They get dewormed. Uh, including having gotten a clean bill of health from their vet, they get dewormed, and now they're much better. So Okay. And with my own dogs, I periodically deworm them, period, with the Panicure. I do that a couple times a year. Well, that's a great that's great advice. I appreciate that. Thank you. Okay, so try those things, and you know, I always invite people to give me the progress report, and that you can either call the show back some other time, or you can drop me an email. But I think if you're persistent and actually physically show her, when you say yeah. go, just even the fact that you're going to say it and make it happen, that makes yeah. a huge difference right there. All right. Thanks for the advice. We'll okay. give it a shot. All right. Take care. Thanks for Thank calling. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay. So uh, I think we might need to go to another break, and we will be right back. Hello and welcome back to WTIC's Pet Talk. We have lines open if you'd like to call in about a question about your pet's behavior. And the numbers are 
860-522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Again, 860-522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. And uh, I always tell people that you would be amazed at how many people have similar problems. Um, I remember years ago I had written, uh, it was a pamphlet on cat behavior problems. And uh, I basically compiled it based on information that people kept coming to me about various types of cat behavior problems. And they're pretty similar. And they are repetitive, and a lot of people have uh, things that are very similar, if not exactly alike. Of course, every animal is unique and different. But when I compiled this pamphlet, what was interesting was that uh, I gave a seminar with the pamphlet as part of the handout, and uh, the person that had sponsored the seminar said, wow, how, how did you know that people were going to ask these questions? And I said, well, because people have been asking me these questions for years. So when people ask a question on the air or just off the air, but in this case on the air, you would be surprised how many other people are going to hear your question and the answer to your question and say, wow, I have that same problem, and then apply it to their own life. And so uh, that is part of what you're doing when you're calling in is not only am I answering your question, uh, every once in a while I get somebody who sounds uh, maybe a little bit different. But even with that, uh, I remember there was a caller who had a dog that was a pit bull and was in the car and was making this really weird kind of a noise. And um, I actually asked the caller to imitate the noise, which is, it was kind of funny, but they, they did it. Sometimes it's helpful. So I wasn't just teasing them. And at the end of the show, another caller called in and said, I have a pit bull as well. And it makes that same exact noise. So go figure. So a lot of things that people do and a lot of things that, um, problems that people have, mistakes that people make, Issues with dogs, with cats, are very similar. And so um, coming up with solutions can, in many cases, be applied to many different situations at the same time. So at the beginning of the show, I was talking about uh, the myths and uh, the truths behind being dominant or being the alpha. And I had mentioned that... Uh, this can the idea of dominance is often misunderstood and too, painted with too broad of a brush. And I mentioned that uh, most of the time when people are talking about this, they're talking about dogs and how it relates to dogs. But it does relate to cats. Uh, and people don't think of it as relating to cats, but it absolutely does. Uh, cats aren't considered as social animals as much as dogs are, but they are most definitely social animals and form all sorts of relationships with the cats that they live with. Uh, they're really not just the type of creature that doesn't want some sort of social interaction with people or sometimes with dogs or other animals and within their own group. And uh, where you end up often having a problem with a group of cats is you'll have a cat, and I'll even refer to it as the pariah cat, who ends up getting picked on. And usually uh, the cat who ends up getting picked on is a cat who is um, a little bit lacking in confidence and easily unnerved. So 
if you have a cat who gets scared by something, if you have another cat who tends to be kind of a little bit pushy or is going to lock into that, uh, it can it can just be like uh, fire and 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 paper. It just ignites. If you have a cat who's a little bit of a bully and all of the cats around this cat just really think, yeah, okay, right, buddy. That cat would have to really be quite aggressive before it would be a problem. But in any animal dynamic, if you have an animal who's afraid, it tends to make things worse. So I remember meeting a dog who was supposedly good with cats because the dog had been tested with cats to see if it was good with cats. And the test basically consisted of bringing the dog into a room that the dog himself was unfamiliar with. So, of course, he's going to be a little bit more cautious. Then bringing in a cat who has seen a million dogs and could not care less and just pretty much sat there like a lump, like, yeah, okay, another dog, another day, whatever. And the dog did not react to this cat in this room in that particular situation. So the people bring the this cat-friendly dog that's tested to be friendly around cats home to a cat that's never lived with dogs. And the dog is now running loose in their whole house, has gotten comfortable in the house with a cat who is panicked. Well, of course, the cat's going to run and act scared. And they had an entirely different response here. So had the cat in the home been, yeah, okay, dog, whatever. Who cares about you? They it wouldn't have been the same situation. I remember years ago, I had found a cat outside. Uh, it was during a time where I was leaving food out for for cats that were basically abandoned. And I kept finding different cats and um, many of them I placed. And in this particular instance, I kept this one. I named him Jade. He had beautiful green eyes and he looked like a Maine Coon cat. And he was a big, big cat. And he was very skinny, half-starved, and um, he was a really unusual cat. He was very confident, very calm, and a very kindly cat. And uh, since it took me a few months, really, to get him healthy and ready to come into the house, I didn't deny him going outside. And uh, on many occasions, if I had a dog, a strange dog, coming over, he would come and he would be the dog greeter. And even dogs who might normally react to a cat did not react to Jade because he was just so relaxed and so big, kind-hearted, and very, very confident. So his dynamic set up a situation where he could get along with most other animals, including those who might be bullyish, uh, during the time that I had Jade, I also had another cat, and I had several other cats. But one of my other cats at the time uh, was a gray, half Balinese cat, uh, long-haired, fluffy, uh, named Furball. And Furball, frankly, was kind of a jerk, <laughs> and he would bully other cats. And I had um, a very small female cat that he would just he would make her life miserable. Um, just because he could, you know. And uh, one day he decided that he was going to try that to Jade. And um, 
Jade pretty much beat him up for lack of better for lack of better more precise description he made it really clear to furball that if he crossed that line uh it, he was going to be very sorry that he crossed that line and if you met jade you would never think that he would be capable of doing anything uh, aggressive and in, uh, in any manner shape or form because he was such a sweet wonderful cat um but if an animal crossed the line with him, uh, he would make sure he finished it and then he'd sort of wipe his paws of the matter and move on. I never, ever saw him unfairly uh, start anything with any animal for any reason. Uh, Yet if somebody started something with him, don't forget, I don't know how long he was out there for. He was living outside on his own, uh, and I'm sure he found himself in many precarious situations. But again, back to the point that I was making earlier, what does it mean to be dominant? What does it mean to be alpha? Uh, Jade would let a lot of things go. He was a really good guy, but he wasn't going to let himself get bullied. And um if he wanted to be, well, we're calling for a ball a jerk, you know, not very scientific, <laughs> not very scientific labeling here. But if Jade wanted to be a jerk, he certainly had the size and the power and the wherewithal to do it. Uh, yet he chose not to. And uh, he was one of the best cats that I ever happened to know. And uh, so, again, this idea of dominant and alpha, it, was he was Jade really the dominant? Well, yeah, he was. Did Furball act like he was dominant because he's walking around with an attitude and trying to take advantage of other cats? Yeah, he did. So if you were to just look at them, who would you think was the dominant? And the answer to the question might be an interesting thing to reflect on. And you could kind of apply that to your own pets because being a jerk is not the same thing as being dominant. So anyway, uh, maybe that gives you some things to reflect on. And I will be back in a couple of weeks. And next week is the veterinary edition of Pet Talk. And until then, have a great week.